friend, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, mother of dragons, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am here today with the amazing Dr. Olga Lumberg. If you don't know Dr. Olga, you absolutely need to. And not just because she's an amazing person, but for the designer scrubs that she helps us all put on our body. So she's the owner and operator of Fabled, which is a women physicians funded brand that offers elevated wardrobe solutions for women in medicine. Fable strives to uplift women providers with effortless yet beautiful workwear that inspires self-expression. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, self-expression. And after the interview, I have a little promo code to give you. So listen to our conversation and then go over to thisisfabled.com, use the promo code and get you some fabulous workwear. Welcome to the podcast, my fellow physician and friend, Dr. Olga Lumberg. It's so great to have you here with me today. Thank you so much. I'm so psyched to be here. Well, as a IG stalker of yours, I have to say I'm a little bit of a girl fan. We have talked for like 20 minutes before we started the recording. So just so all the audience knows, I'm really psyched about this. I've had no caffeine today. This is pure like bubbling up excitement that's coming right now. So Olga, tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you are putting into the world. Oh, thank you so much. I did have a lot of caffeine today. So yeah, I I had caffeine for the both of us. I am Dr. Olga Lemberg. I'm a board certified pediatrician. I'm based in the Bay Area in Oakland, California. And I am the founder of Fabled, which is a medical apparel company for women. And like I said, I'm so excited to be here. And we got to find some scrubs that fit my ass eventually. <laughs> it's fine. We are going to. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know that when you reached out, I was so excited to talk more about you, talk about your company and your experience. And today we're going to talk about self-expression in medicine. So tell me what that means to you. Yes. So self-expression is something that I've really had like a complex relationship with all my life, as in I want to do more of it, but I'm scared to kind of thing. (laughs) I was an immigrant kid. I was born in Moscow, Russia. My family immigrated here when I was about three years old to uh, suburbs outside of Detroit, Michigan. And by the time I was in elementary school, we moved to a pretty like homogeneous community where it was pretty clear that I was different than everybody else. I was made fun of all the time. My family had less money, less resources than my peers. And you could see that in, you know, super superficial ways, like the clothes that I wore, the school supplies my mom sent me to school with, the food I ate at lunch. And I so, you know, this was painful for me. I was a sensitive kid and I so desperately wanted to assimilate to the point of completely disguising my origins, if you would let me. I grew to understand very quickly that my external appearance really um, sent a message to those around me. And that's sort of when my kind of relationship with my personal style, clothing, what I chose to wear really began to develop. I remember as early as like the fourth and fifth grade that I was so hyper aware of what I was wearing and the choices of like, you know, what earrings I wore to school, what scarf was so intentional. And yeah, so I would say by high school time, 
I started to use my personal style and my external appearance to tell the opposite story. I was sort of, I was getting over the whole, like, I'm one of you, trust me, I'm one of you. I'm just like you. And I was starting to really like accept that, no, I was different. And I was choosing things to show that I was different. So like I would listen to punk rock music. I shopped at thrift stores. My hair was green and purple and all the colors. I wore combat boots with dresses. How I dressed was really closely related to how I felt about myself, about the world around me. It was artistic. It was political. And then of course, medical training happens (laughs) where I don't think I need to explain to this audience. Well, I was actually going to ask you that, like, Because for so many of us, like we like hit mute or hit pause on like, you said like punk rock, girl, I am like Avril Lavigne needed to be my best friend. Like that, I was just listening to Bowling for Soup the other day and educating my children on how great a music that that was. Yes. And yes. And then there was this huge pause. Like I call it the like black hole of my life, which was medical school and medical training. And I was just thinking here, I'm like, man, was she like the cool girl, PGY1, that like wore the best clothes while she was rounding? Or did she mute too? So tell me about that. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I muted. I muted, not a million percent muted, but I muted pretty hardcore to the point where, of course, I got burnt out, just like so many of us. So like, I muted to the point where I had to be to get through and like succeed and survive and do the things. But there were like little risks I took here and there. Like, for example, in undergrad, I was a women's studies major. I almost minored in dance actually in undergrad. And then in med school, I took a year off to go to Argentina (laughs) to learn Spanish and dance tango. So in those ways, I didn't mute. But I, as far as like physical appearance, yes, I did mute. And I really like after so many years, so I'm by training like a pediatric hospitalist and urgent care physician. So scrubs are the mainstay of my work wardrobe. And that really didn't like, it did not allow me to do any self-expression and that, and, you know, obviously like personal style and fashion is just one way to access self-expression. There's so many other ways that I do that also through dance, but it's a powerful way for a lot of us. And um, that's sort of how Fabled, you know, ended up coming into existence is through this like really deep uh, desire and eventual just kind of like awareness of, wait a second, I really do care how I present myself at work because medicine, you know, it's just so all about others. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. And, and it's a privilege to take care of others. But there's so much about the training part, about the practicing part that mutes is it, actually, I had mutes in the, the verb mute in my notes. I mean, it really does mute our self-expression, our creativity, our playfulness. And so anyways, I, yeah, I just realized that, um, I really did want to project more of my own personal style of professionalism, leadership into my work wardrobe. And um, that was sort of the startings and inklings of Fabled. Yeah, where the juices start getting flowing. Because for me, like, I mean, I still think like that woman was under all the layers 
And like the digging out process was super painful for me, but it was so essential during my burnout to have that. But I can remember thinking the thoughts in my head like, well, this is what a good doctor wears. These are the type of shoes that a good intern wears, you know, they're practical and like they're totally like men's shoes or whatever. Or I remember one time, I think I was like a second year resident one of the OBGYNs came in with these super like bubblegum pink scrubs and the nurses were like I can't believe she's wearing that and again this is like 15 almost 20 years ago now you know and now that's so commonplace but I remember just thinking oh they're gonna talk shit about me if I don't fall in line and like look like what a good doctor looks like right I remember my colleagues, you know, who had to take out their like facial piercings and stuff. And I remember I was chief resident and my residency program. And there was a resident who wore really nice denim. It was like really, really nice denim to work one day. She was on the wards and technically, you know, the institution had a no denim policy, except for whatever, some casual Fridays or something like that. And she had to like go into the principal's office into like the residency program director's office and have a chat about how unprofessional she looked. And honestly, she looked great. And she was an amazing resident. So yeah. Oh, I have the same thing. One of my best friends is a resident. She was kind of wearing these like super cute leather boat shoes, like when those were, you know, popular, like the mid 2000s. And yeah, she got called to the principal's office (laughs) because, you know, she wasn't dressed up enough. I I hope we're entering an age where we can say like, you can show up and really take care of people. And maybe not fit the stereotypes. And that is okay. Yes. So one question I have for you as we're thinking about this, because like, I'm a really good Pinterester. I can find a whole bunch of shit, but I don't know that I can actually do it. As the thoughts were percolating of like, how do I show up as my best self in a medical system that may or may not embrace, because I used to have a bunch of ear piercings, may not embrace all my piercings, How do you design scrubs? How do you start that like designer process? Is it like physically matching your own body? Did you get prototype people to try this on? Tell me the process, how it went from like idea to actual product. Yeah. So I, (laughs) I, when I started thinking about this, about creating a uniform that I would be super excited to wear, I went to this like local coffee shop down my street post-call. I was (laughs) post-call. I hadn't slept all night, but I would like sit in this coffee shop and drink their coffee and just kind of daydream and like look online, like get inspo online of designs. And I would think about like my own closet, my like out of work closet, because that's really where I was able to express myself, you know, um, is anything to do with like outside of work. So I would kind of like percolate all these ideas and I started to put some sketches together and I had a local pattern maker uh, make me samples. And I remember the first time I wore the very, very first prototype to work. And the very first person who noticed me was a male hospitalist colleague of mine who was like, whoa, what are you wearing? (laughs) Where did you get those? Are those even scrubs? And I started to bring prototypes and samples to work. And I had my female colleagues test them. I'd like beg them to go to the bathroom and, oh my God, I like totally nagged them and bug them, but I really wanted their feedback. And, you know, I wanted to see how it looked and, you know, long story short, you know, I got pretty positive feedback and I was like, okay, I think I'm onto something. Let me make a super small batch. And so I made a super small batch here in San Francisco 
And the very first people to buy them were, you know, my friends and like old med school colleagues and stuff like that. But then I remember getting my first order from somebody I totally didn't know. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know you. I don't know how you found me. And Fabled has really grown. It launched in 2017 and it, it has really grown completely organically through word of mouth amongst the female physician community primarily. But now, of course, I have uh, dentist customers and I have physician's assistant and nurse practitioners and um, estheticians and pharmacists even. But uh, yeah, it really was a very like intentional and slow and lean uh, process to where I am today. Yeah. And I love it. So because we're a podcast, we don't have visuals. I want everyone, if you're not driving, close your eyes and visualize the most like sleek. I'm going to even say sexy because I do think they're kind of like if when I look at them, I'm like, ooh, because I when I think of typical scrub stuff, I think of rolling into the OR and like having to wear the double XL yeah. pants because all <laughs> the nurses have taken all the small ones. But these looking and, and just hanging with you for a while. I mean, they really they look like super chic dress clothes, but yet they're like, but those are scrubs. Like it's just, that's like how, like the visual I want to give everyone. And right now you're doing kind of like a gray series. Is that correct? Like a silvery gray series? Yeah. There's, there's like a heathered, heathered gray and uh, there's, there's five total colors. One of them is gray. There's um, a few blues. There's like a dark, delicious, navy luxe blue, a heathered, like indigo color, a burnt cherry. I call it burnt cherry. I love naming my colors. That's really fun, creative process for me also. Um, and then my black, which is called stretch limo. <laughs> black. Black is one hot piece of ass. Yes. I really like the yes. black. I think I saw you unpackaging though the black when they arrived at your house in the boxes. Oh my God. On Instagram one time. So I love when I get feedback from customers, especially when they tell me that their husbands told them they look super hot in their scrubs. I love that particular feedback <laughs> because come on, who doesn't like to look hot? Of course, I, I think, you know, I'm keeping everything super professional, obviously, but yeah, like it's okay to, it's okay to have a good pair of pants that fit your ass. Yeah, It really is. Yeah. And I, I love fabled for that. Like I said, I've really had a lot of fun watching you do all that. And then also like seeing other colleagues of, of ours who like post and I'm like, Ooh, that looks good on you. And I also like it that you've really diversified your sizes because friend, the girl who was 25, you know, med school interning, her body ain't there anymore. <laughs> it is a different shape three kids later and yes, some years yes, for sure. Totally. So I love that you have, have done that. So talk a little bit too, where did the name come from? That's my other big question that I yeah, wondered about. I love that question. So I, you know, for any business owners, I feel like you go around walking around every day and you just look for inspiration everywhere. And so I, this is another like post-call story because a lot of my life was post-call. Post-call, I was hanging out in this like local magazine shop um, near my place. It's one of those magazine shops that sells like all the most beautiful, like gorgeous, thick papered uh, magazines, like art magazines and design magazines and fashion magazines. And I was reading this random story about a a fabled Japanese warrior. Don't ask me what it was about. I have no idea. But I just remember reading that word fabled. And I was like, oh my gosh, because you know it means legendary. 
And I was like, this is the woman that I'm serving. She's legendary. She's remarkable. And I just like the way it kind of sounded when I said it. And so that's kind of, that's where it came from. I love it. It does kind of roll off the tongue. So there's a woman out there listening right now. I know there has to be who thinks that she's had this crazy ass idea. Nobody else around her like gets her, her self-expression, or maybe it's a product or an idea, <coughs> life coach in Indiana. Um, <laughs> and she's just sitting here listening to you talk. And she's like, oh my gosh, a fellow pediatrician made her own scrub company, continues to make beautiful work and demonstrate it out to the world and gift it into other women's lives who who want to have beautiful workwear, who want to feel good in scrubs and not like a boxy sheet. What would you tell her to inspire her? I mean, oh my gosh, I wish that I had you, Erin, when I was in training and early career to show me that it is possible to practice medicine on your own terms, to like prioritize you know, your own self-expression and authenticity and joy and all of that. So first of all, I would just say, you know, there's so, there's so many examples of our colleagues doing such incredible things. So like find those examples, listen to Aaron's podcast of all the amazing people. I started a blog where I do Q and a sessions with women in medicine who are doing awesome shit like this as well. And just to show you that it's possible and there are examples of, of this in real life. And I think that's kind of like the first step is to know that it is possible. And then secondly, honestly, I hear from a lot of people that they know they want to do something, but they just, they don't have, they don't know what it is, or they don't, they don't have any other like hobbies or interests. And I, re I really don't believe that. I really believe it's more of a matter of it's likely that you just haven't made the time and the space, like the mental space to really listen to yourself and allow yourself to explore whatever your interests or whatever might be. And so I would just say like, you have to, you have to slow down. You have to make space for daydreaming and, and that sort of process to get closer to whatever it is that would make you feel more, you know, fulfilled and experienced joy. And then, you know, do not be shy and reach out to role models or um, people who have maybe done the things that you are looking to do and invite them out for coffee or whatever and pick their brains and see what you can learn from them. And it's really all about baby steps, like so many baby steps. And you also have to just know that it's never clean and pretty. It's always going to be messy and indirect and convoluted <laughs> because that's just how it is. And to accept that process and it's okay. And you're learning and really just focusing on the end goal of just finding that joy and whatever it is. One of my really good friends in the physician coaching world, Dr. Robin Alley Hay, she's a retired OBGYN who's kicking ass and taking names still to this day. She gave me a quote, it's been a couple of weeks ago, and I have it written on a post-it note in front of me. And it, she said, Aaron, this is what life looks like when it's working. Because I was talking about that, like it being messy and shouldn't I have my shit figured out by now? And like, it should be easier. And she's like, Aaron, Aaron, no, no, no. And so I want to give that to all of our audiences. No, this is what life looks like when it's working. And that when you think, oh, I should be further, or I should have started sooner, or everybody else is ahead of me. It's like, no, 
start now. The time is now. And like, it feels hard, but girlfriend, you can do hard things. You've already proved that. And when it gets complicated and unsure, you just say like, yeah, this is what life looks like when it's working. Exactly. I, I really love that. I was just listening to your episode uh, with the amazing physician who, the OBGYN, who has her own coaching practice, Jatu. Yeah. So I was listening to the episode with Dr. Jatu and just how she said this duality of like how we, and you guys were talking about like how, you know, in medicine, it's see one, do one, teach one, and how that's just absolutely cuckoo bananas. And how we think that if like we try something and it doesn't work out, well, oh God, that was just like, what a mistake that was. And just how incorrect that is and unhealthy that expectation is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I bet, I mean, when you were doing your prototypes with different designs and like fabrics, I mean, I bet you went through a, a lot of bolts. Didn't oh, you? yes. Oh, yes. 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 And that's all part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And you figure it out because really, I think where we screwed up in medicine is like, we must be perfect. It has to be 100%. Nothing can go wrong here. In real life, big girl world, it's like you try, you fail, you learn, you repeat. That's right. That's right. You just do the cycle. Yeah. And all about, I just feel like, you know, you really show up in the world, not when you are given something that is super simple to do and easy to execute and then you execute it and oh here here you are but really it's how you cope and manage complexity and problems and challenges like that's how you show up that's when you really show up so i think we need to embrace that more yeah and that's where our our band of alpha female warriors that I'm building here on Dr. Me First. It's like when you still show up on a podcast and you create another set of clothing line and you're parenting and you're doctoring and you are cleaning out the dishwasher at midnight, like <laughs> to all those people out there who are doing that too, I just want to say you are seen, you are heard, and you are a fucking badass. Yes. Well, friend, it's so great to have you on here. If people want to know more about you yes they need to go check out your scrub line and all your apparel where can they do that at yes so the company is called fabled and the website is this is fabled.com and all of my social handles and everything are at this is fabled thank you so much for talking with me Absolutely. I'm so glad to have you. And I'm going to keep talking to you about being an official sponsor of the podcast because we need you in our lives. I would love that. All right. Thanks for coming today, friend. Hey, all you aspiring podcasters out there, listen up. If you have always wanted to start a podcast, but you haven't gotten around to it yet, this is your sign. I have made a Podcasting 101 and Podcasting 202 presentation that I want to help you. For a limited time only this fall, you can pick up both of those in a bundle. Check the show notes for the link. In Podcasting 101, you get everything you need to get your podcast off the ground with fun and ease. And in Podcasting 202, you learn how to scale and monetize so that you can grow your podcast reach and even make some dollars. When I started podcasting in 2018 here on Dr. Me First, I had no idea what I was getting myself into or how much I would love 
doing this podcast. So having a course like this to show me a way would have saved me so much pain and hassle from everything that I went through. And I shared that with you so you can get started on the right path. Plus, you get to see the Aaron Wiseman way of things. Let me show you the Coupon Mom easy way to podcast. This won't be around forever, so go check it out and get your podcast out there. Then make sure to email me and let me know when it's launched. I want to listen to you too. But you got to go check out Podcasting 101 and Podcasting 202 to get you started. A huge thanks to Dr. Olga Lumberg for coming on the podcast. She is just yet another amazing example of what female physicians can do when we get our asses on fire, we get out of burnout, and we tap into who we really are on the inside. Well, because we had such a good time recording this episode, Olga wanted to give you all an amazing promo code. Are you ready? It's badass 10. B-A-D-A-S-S-1-0. If you type that in, then you will get 10% off your first order. You can use it one per customer. So also make sure to hand it out to friends and it is currently active today. So go over to thisisfabled.com or use the link in the show notes. Make sure you use the badass 10 promo code because seriously, who doesn't like 10% off? I mean, for reals. <laughs> and this holiday season, treat yourself to some workwear. Tell your husband what you want. Tell all your friends what to do. And let's support Olga and her mission of helping women in medicine have true self-expression in the workplace. And as always, my friends, remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See ya. See ya.